3: do you like professional wrestling well we like professional wrestling too this is shake their ropes i am jeff hawkins he is chris novembrino hi chris it's true it's true i at last i checked you are chris novembrino
2: i i'm not i'm not denying that this week
3: i was gonna do a bit of originally where it's like hey nobody on voices of wrestling listens to us anyways we can touch
2: <laughs> oh does that mean i can like come up with a different new name no no, no. No, I, no, I, that, no, that, no. I, I can be somebody else <laughs>
3: yes yes you know you can you can be any member of the voice the stable no uh how are you nobody ever asked how they are i guess i don't know we didn't really do a lot of pre. no pre- you
2: you you never do and... yeah
3: i know because i don't care
2: yeah <laughs> oh.
3: <laughs> oh oh i'm sorry was it uh i actually i I thought uh, i was i was hoping you'd start with your banter and i can't well, find I, a way to i was to going to you. but then you told no. me nobody
2: cares about me okay, and I have to, well, yeah i have to well, think no, about so, that
3: so now you're now you're having an existential cl- crisis on yeah the air? hang
2: on a moment i'm okay. having an existential crisis
3: okay if, yes, if, yes all right please stand by
2: it's okay we're back now yeah no i'm back okay. i'm here <laughs> uh, you're here uh, I
3: am here we are here and we are here together. I don't yes. know. You are here,
2: we are here. Yeah. go ahead. I'm I'm talking we're all talking Dimitri. Um so uh I was doing the fourth and final uh installment of the Jimi Hendrix lecture series uh today, which is actually why my voice is a little shot because I spoke for like 2 hours straight earlier. Um and I I got to say prepping for Electric Ladyland there's this amazing documentary called at last the beginning which you can like track down on Amazon and a few other places too but like I watch it on Amazon and if if you've ever been interested in the music of Jimi Hendrix this is such a good starting getting on point about the level of depth and like arrangement and layering there's so many tracks um, like individual isolated instrument tracks that are, are featured throughout the album or throughout the movie, um, including at the end where it's just Jimi Hendrix's electric guitar part for Have You Ever Been to Electric Ladyland and you really start to appreciate with all the isolated tracks done by Kramer just how layered and lush and polyphonic Hendrix's work was uh, the other thing i've been really struck by in doing the lecture series, I, I think that he gets incredibly short shrift by musicians and music reviewers alike on the quality of his lyrics. Uh, w- uh, the burning of the midnight lamp like the second verse and burning of the midnight lamp has this whole image of a smiling painting on a frowning wall. Um, at, that starts off and like it, it kind of continues onwards and like he does such a good job. Painting pictures of scenes it's it's very clear he was a big fan of Bob Dylan you know, obviously he did cover of all on the Watchtower he like jammed with Bob Dylan but like really was writing lyrics at at that kind of level um with maybe more um like kind of um less abstractness than Dylan well, and more who, wait who
3: person. says that Jimmy Henderson <clears throat> write lyrics
2: I don't Perhaps. feel I feel like people sort of. They don't say he's a bad lyricist, but they don't necessarily say he's a good one. Either. Chris,
3: I want names. Is it Robert Criskow? Because that guy's a prick. So,
2: <laughs> no, I, I just never have really heard anyone give him his laurels uh, for the quality of his lyrics. Okay. Okay. another one I'd point to on, on the first album is Fifty uh, First Anniversary, which is, um, about a marriage, and the first verse covers years fifty through thirty, and the second verse covers years 20 through the beginning and mm. the first verse is happy and the second one is much more disjunctive and also much more biographical to Hendrix whereas the first verse is much more abstract and sunny um he did a lot of really interesting writing about relationships and stuff in in his lyrics and uh yeah I, I just that is my banter here yeah, it's I'm, I'm gonna... not just for the guitar I'm I'm saying pull up a lyric sheet and read some of these lyrics and give them a closer look. Cause there's actually a lot going on.
3: Yeah. I have to go deep into music too this week. Cause uh, tomorrow I'm taping music of the mat and I have to listen to a album recorded by Terry Funk. <laughs>
4: <laughs> mm.
3: So yeah, you're not the only music. <laughs>
2: uh i'm assuming it's a country <laughs> album but like part of me wishes that it was a funk album i hope because this last terry name.
3: funk does funk would yeah. be awesome ah, <laughs> hit me now
2: Ah,
3: a little horn section a little slapping bass man, come man, on man.
2: Yeah.
3: hit me again <laughs> Terry Funkadelic. That's what I want. I don't I haven't looked at the uh list. I assume it's like covers and stuff, but we'll we'll see. I'll, I'll i have to listen to that after this show. So let's get to recording. Kids. Oh,
2: today- oh we're on the air.
3: Yeah, well, we're well we're, oh. we're not on the air, but yes.
2: Mm.
3: Uh kids, today's uh, object lesson about the news is, is about pettiness. Now, a while ago. Chris and I had a discussion about this because I I am somewhat uncomfortable with uh, both both the flagship here and others in my other neighborhood at Fight Game Media really enjoy when AEW takes it to WWE either on the air or when Twitter Tony gets snarky and and things of that nature i on the other hand am a little bit more i don't know if sanguine is the word but at least a little bit more hey let's keep our powder dry for a while we haven't won a battle yet
2: i don't have a twitter no one cares okay
3: (laughs) do you have a threads do you have a blue sky
2: what are those
3: do you have a mastodon those are all Twitter I've, alternatives. Okay, I've heard
2: of that last one.
3: These are all soon either failed or soon-to-be-failed alternatives where people go to complain that they're not on Twitter. That, that's what they do there. That, that is exactly what they're doing. It's a crying session for the people who, who think that Twitter's nasty, blah, 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 but then they take screenshots of all their threads or blues or whatever the hell they call it at Blue Sky and they post it on Twitter so they can get the same engagement.
2: All, All right. you're doing is convincing me that I spend my time wisely studying Jimi Hendrix in practice.
3: That's fine. No, I I have I have cut back greatly on I, I use it for news mostly and to try I mean I mean wrestling news for the most part. But anyways. Where was I? I don't know. No, <laughs> pettiness. There's pettiness. Yes, pettiness. Okay. okay, because because your boy, me, old geezer Jeff. I have lived through two upstarts trying to take on Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is a known entity. Vince McMahon is a piece of crap. Vince McMahon will do anything and anything and, 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 and stab you in the back to, uh, to, to win. And I think my opinion is generally, if you are a good, decent person, or at least a good businessman who really cares about their customers, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, don't be Vince McMahon. <laughs> Work on your product and then use it like that. I mean, you can be aggressive in business. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying you know be passive and just get beat up all the time but by, by the bully. But we know that Vince is the bully. It, it, it's the old adage of if you roll around. Uh, if you roll, if you want to like wrestling a pig, you're gonna get money too, or whatever the hell, you know, whatever cliche you want to.
2: Change. Yeah, so you lie down with dogs, you get fleas.
3: Yes, that too. Well, Chris, let let's let's talk a little bit about pettiness, because that's the other thing is that Vince is much better at it than you if you're a good person, and he also has more money to be more petty, so he'll make you look small. Today announced Survivor Series for Allstate Arena in Chicago the saturday after thanksgiving why is this uh why, why is this um in any way uh, newsworthy oh well, chris what has been the AEW tradition on thanksgiving week do you oh, know
2: they run a pay-per-view there don't they no
3: no they run they run dynamite there on wednesday nights and it's a pay-per-view quality dynamite usually
2: right 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 right
3: so you have that earlier in the week, if you watched Money in the Bank, you saw basically a 10-minute commercial where John Cena came out and pushed for WrestleMania in London. Um, The game has changed a bit. Uh, WWE doesn't mind going after pay-per-views in, in large countries, number one, because they can leverage people. They're, what they're doing right now is they're trying to leverage Minneapolis, who really wants WrestleMania there for twenty twenty five but the key is that a two day wrestlemania at wembley would sell out would likely break the company's real attendance and gate records twice and would outdo oh look at this the AEW record that will be set i i watched this and it was obvious from the get go that this is what they were doing um I find this fascinating in many ways, and I think this is mostly a product of Vince being back. I don't know if Hunter would do this. He might, but this screams to me, oh, oh, you you, you think you're having a war? Well, <laughs> did you notice I have nuclear weapons here? Uh, your thoughts on both those things, Chris?
2: I found John Cena's promo to be very... Interesting in terms of tone, and it it did reek of him speaking McMahonese. Yes, uh, it, it like the commentary about the fans. Uh, you know, Cena trying to make it like, oh, I'm on your side. Oh no, that's how they actually felt about the fans, and like the whole like, I'm do, I'm doing this on behalf of the guys back there. It's like, okay, no, this is just like a good cop bad cop routine, and who's behind that? It's got to be Vince. It's got to be Vince.
3: Well, you know what else it felt like to me? And me being the cynical former advertising student that I am. It it felt like an attempt, and I believe that this was the point behind it, to get a quote-unquote grassroots movement and groundswell and get people going, yes, we want WrestleMania here in the UK to really try and drown out the noise of AEW coming there in a month.
2: Yeah, I mean they're trying to trying to start a you know definite definite second story to drown out the first story. I think that's uh, that's clearly the move here. Um, I think it's even more interesting that when I was watching the Cena promo, not even knowing the news background on it, I was just thinking about they're not even fully committing to bringing WrestleMania to England. It's like, uh, do you guys want WrestleMania? Would you like a WrestleMania? Wouldn't it be neat to have a WrestleMania? Yeah, uh, uh,
3: yeah, yeah. Just like repeating they, over and over.
2: Yeah, they 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 managed to do this whole segment and not actually give a deliverable other than here's John Cena, which isn't nothing, but it's also something well short of here's a WrestleMania.
3: Yeah, I mean this is. I mean Vince has been doing this for years. Uh, if if you're a, if you're a student of history. He did this to Crockett when Crockett was at the ascent. It was, uh oh, what pay-per-view was on the same day as another uh, pay-per-view as Mania? And then he went to the cable company and says, if you carry them, you can't carry us, and you can't carry WrestleMania next year. Uh, he ran the first Royal Rumble on USA the same night as the Bunkhouse Stampede, which was really the first at-home pay-per-view that Crockett was going to run. He, he he created Survivor Series to run on Thanksgiving, which used to be the big night for Starcade, for uh for Crockett, um and and Crockett fired back they the the, the night of uh, or the day of WrestleMania four they did Clash of the Champions the first one, that that was the same day um, but you know Crockett fell and then later when when Bischoff stepped up to the plate he fell as well. I. And, and people take this as me rooting for WWE, and it's not. It It's more of don't make yourself a target if you don't need to, because you're going to be a target anyways. I think that's how I would describe my attitude towards this. I, I know a lot of people disagree with me. A lot of people think, well, this is great for the wrestling business. This is great for this. No, I don't know about that, because I think it just shows how insignificant AEW is at I mean, they they beat NXT, and that's what it's been so far. And they're not going to sell out Wembley, I don't think. They might still. I mean, we have time, but even so, it's like one of those things where it's like even when they get to spike the football, Vince is going to find a way to suck the oxygen out of the room and take away your victories. And I I just – it's one of those things where it's like for for me it's – the what I really want to do is tell all the people who like the pettiness, who are rooting for the pettiness. Okay, great. You're getting it and you're getting it good and hard and don't whine to me when you're on the losing end of it.
2: I mean, I don't think any of this stuff is going to be particularly fatal.
3: No, not at
2: all. I mean, I think these are just, you know,
3: not yet at least.
2: Not yet. I, I mean, I mean, but, when,
3: when Kenny Omega, or as I, as I said today, when, uh, Oh, I, I made up his NXT name, which is basically his real first name. And Kenny has his last name when he's headlining that first night of WrestleMania against Cody Rhodes. Well, that, it might be a little fatal,
2: right? I mean, th- this, if anything does sort of indicate that Tony's not as big as you might think he is that a W to your point, in terms of size and scale dynamite's a show that's had trouble breaking a million on a regular basis. Whereas WWE has two television products that routinely do that um, comfortably and have with SmackDown, they've gotten 3 million. Tony hasn't been able to do that. Tony hasn't really been able to make a massive dent in their audience. Is some of that latent to the network? E- yeah, sure. But TNT's not a nothing network. Um, they're a lot closer in scale like these days than I than I think, you know. I think they're close in scale. I, yeah, right.
3: I mean, it's just an also here will here, here come the excuse makers that, you know, AEW's only been around for three plus years and Vince has been around and he's had a head start and blah, blah, blah. And they're doing really well for what they it's like. You chose the battlefield. <laughs> you started on national television.
2: And I mean, it's the same people who sort of embrace the framing of a war early on, who are now looking at the battle reports and going, Oh, there's not a war going on here.
4: Yeah, exactly.
2: I I, I don't know that I've ever believed that there's a war going on. Um, I've never really necessarily believed that WWE has been any real threat despite quality concerns. Right. And that's not as like a Mondo fan of WWE Lord knows. Um, it's just, watching AEW and then looking at the numbers and the ratings and also watching the week to week. Um, they're not there yet. Um, I I think it it would be interesting, like in a parallel universe if the show had, if dynamite had had more of the energy that collision seems to have over the last three years, would they be in a different place? I don't know. Um, but as it were, uh, they're nowhere near big enough to withstand body blows from Vince McMahon.
3: Interesting, uh, you bring up collision. I'll I'll get to that in a moment because I well, actually, you know what? I'll I'll get to it now. Collision did 452,000 viewers with a 0.13 in the demo and a 0.05 in 18 to 34. With that, that 0.13 represents 172,000 viewers with major decreases from week two. The show did an unheard of 11,000 viewers in men 18 to 34, down 82% from last week. 28,000 in women, 18 to 34, down 12.5%. 106,000 in men, 35 to 49, down 18.5%. And 28,000 in women, 35 to 49, down 44%. Now, as you said, I like Collision. I do. I think it's a better show than Dynamite. It's a much more easier watch for me.
2: I mean, here's what I'm going to say, and this is going to be the same with like, like WWE ratings this weekend, and it's also the backdrop of us recording the show. It's the 4th of July weekend. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: if you had friends and family to spend time with and do things with, you were not going to be parked in front of the television watching wrestling this weekend. Um, And if you
3: were, you were watching Money in the Bank on Saturday as opposed to watching Collision.
2: Right. Uh, But, like, yeah, like especially given that this was, like, a super 4th of July weekend, I'm just not putting too much stock into this week's Okay.
3: Fair enough. That's fair. It's one of those things where I... Look, I, I, I'm not trying to do total viewers. I know that the way they now weight ratings is because of the demo, but then I look at the ratings and by the way, forgot this story last week, but show buzz no longer giving ratings on the overnights. There'll be different ways to get, you have to get through wrestle but it was just so telling that in their press release show buzz goes, we'll miss you all. Maybe not the wrestling fans who are a little opinionated or something. They took a dig at wrestling fans on the way out. Um, but if you look at ratings, it's it's like one of those things where it's like, I know people don't like Fox News. I get that. But if you look at what the numbers at the five does, but they're all outside of the demo and they're giant. If you did total viewers, they'd be the number one show in that week. And there are times where I just think, well, they just, they just want everybody to seem hip and cool and things like that. But uh. You know what? I had forgotten that for some people, it was a super weekend. It was not for me. I had to right. Read, right. Read yeah, place.
2: but yeah, no, I mean, if if you were out and about or you had plans, I mean, th- this is just like a very sort of unique perfect storm weekend. Yeah. However, that being said, if next week we're here and we're talking about collisions ratings and they have settled into the like five hundred thousand range, I mean, that starts a conversation, that which is where I thought they were going to kind of ultimately settle into. But that also, I think, you know, continues to beg the question of, like, well, did AEW really need another product, given the fact that the first one has trouble breaking a million?
3: Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll get to more about why I like Collision in the Lazy River, but I do like Collision a lot. Uh, in something that is an end of an era, Jerry McDevitt and his... K&L Gates law firm were replaced in defending the WWE and the MLW lawsuit case. And McDevitt later confirmed he was retiring at the end of the year. Kids, you want a litigation shark? My man, Jerry McDevitt, who worked out of the Pittsburgh office of KL Gates, one client, and he's considered a rainmaker. And that one client, WWE. Uh, he got state laws written <laughs> of, in Connecticut, which is the basis of most of the uh, most of the uh, uh, independent contractor lawsuits when they're stuck in the in Connecticut. It's because Jerry McDevitt helped write the laws in Connecticut. If you it, no matter what venue they were in, Your Honor, I like a, a change of venue to Connecticut <laughs> because. That's where WWE can reign supreme because Jerry McDevitt pretty much wrote all the laws to help WWE in Connecticut. You don't have to like him. that you have to respect him. He's, he's an absolute animal. He's a shark. He looks every bit of a 74-year-old guy who hasn't updated his wardrobe in 30 years, if you look at a profile picture of him. But I think it's going to be interesting who WWE uses from now on as legal defense? Because I don't think they're gonna have as good of a lawyer as Jerry McDevitt.
2: No, I, uh, I I I don't think so. I mean, Jerry McDevitt was sort of like a lifer, and he seemed to be sympathetic with Vince, which is not easy. Um, I mean, you know, the whole thing with the con you know, WWE AEW thing that is sort of different. You were like bringing up the other companies that have tried to go up against Vince, right? i think that vince isn't that long for all of this either i mean he's back i think he wants to live forever i think he wants the nanotech but i don't think like he's gonna get you know injected with the nanotech and be cyber vince running things you know in, in in a body armor oh
3: he's gonna be a brain in a jar with a ticker tape coming out and a uh
2: and, you ever, you ever, you ever play it, the original Wolfenstein? You know the final boss in the original Wolfenstein.
3: Yeah, it's based on the—that's based on the comic book character that I'm referencing whenever I say this, and whenever I say he has a uh, gay gorilla bodyguard <laughs> who's French. <laughs> it's a villain called the Brain and Monsieur Mala, a French ape with a machine gun. I don't know. These are just the things I picked up as a kid. Uh if Vince can get his brain in a robot body and be a cyborg, he will. I, I think that. I think he has the money to try, too. That's the, I, just, I don't <laughs> think
2: cyborgs should run companies.
3: I do. <laughs> I don't know why. I, you know.
2: Yeah, I, that's, this is a weak position. I don't, Ro- I don't no,
3: robots have no feelings. They can, make, they can make pure...
2: That's why they shouldn't run companies.
3: I'm here for it. Uh, they're better than humans at times. Uh,
2: What's wrong with you? But you need know. a you need a hug, Jeff. I'm
3: cranky today. It's, it's people, just people love you. I work in software. It's one of those things where it's like it's always the humans that are the problem. The the thing would work if humans would stop dinking around with the software. Uh, <laughs> Uh, title changes this week. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Liv Morgan on the aforementioned money in the bank won the women's tag title. Julia beat Willow Nightingale for the New Japan strong, uh, women's title. Eddie Kingston beat Kenta for the New Japan strong open weight title there. Uh, interesting. Eddie Kingston getting to relive his dream. A very emotional moment. If you got to see it on video, uh, yeah, Eddie Kingston gets to have basically a month-long fantasy camp where he gets to do all the Japanese wrestling he wants to do. I'm happy for him.
2: Yeah, I'm happy for him.
3: Yeah. Uh, I have numbers here, but I deleted the, the first digit on NXT, and I don't know if it's 508,000 or 608,000 viewers. Raw, 1,828,000. SmackDown, 2,510,000. 0.69 in the demo. Rampage, 450,000 viewers point one three in the demo wwe's on a bit of a hot streak i would say
2: yeah um look uh the bloodline stuff even if you think it's long in the tooth uh, it does deliver a main event angle
3: yeah speaking of which that will do it for the news now to the lazy river wrestling criticism whatever we watched if we watched anything who knows you won't know um <laughs> whatever we're thinking about whatever comes to our mind we can say that here uh we have ice cold freezing ice cold takes on money in the bank i i will give my general one and then i will let chris kick it off in terms of the money in the bank stuff Uh, i liked this pay-per-view it was a lot of fun to watch it wasn't a chore at all and the audience was great chris to you
2: i um enjoyed the parts of money in the bank that i watched specifically i was uh watching the main event angle and i thought the main event was actually pretty fun um i thought the of course it was theatrical of course it was like the wwe soap opera sort of thing but for his part i just think roman reigns continues to just crush it on the character side now and he's good in the ring and uh, solo sokoa was very good in this match as well um I, the part where the usos got stacked and they both kicked out managed to get me um i actually did think that roman and uh, solo, yep i thought they were winning there i really did um so for me uh this is a really really solid main event um
3: Here, here's what i really liked about the main event did i want to stay on this before you sure. move on to something else um i liked the callback to the nutshot that he did against jay uso in that one match and jay now returning the favor in it uh i liked i i don't know if you got to see this you might not have but it was on the pre-show and it hit social media but you're not on social media all that much but uh paul Heyman cut a hell of a promo uh before this and it was fantastic i like the and I know this is weird because it's totally not in Roman's character, but it is in some ways they've, they've kind of for lack of a better term, bitched him out a little bit as a leader of the bloodline when he's kind of sitting there despondent after he does the stack spot and solos looking at him like the best comparison to this. I could think of is on the Sopranos when Johnny Sachs is crying at his daughter's wedding and getting arrested and just uh, Phil Leotardo is looking at him, going, "What kind of man are you?" That look from Solo Sokoa, I absolutely adored that moment. I did. I don't like the level three NXT. Oh my god, face all that much, but but I liked that Solo looked like he was absolutely like losing faith in Roman. I thought he was actually gonna pick him up and like smack him or something. But um, no, that match. I look. I thought that match was everything it needed to be. Yeah, sure, it got a little promo-y in the middle of it. Yes, it was cinema, whatever. Look, you got to tip your cap. It's enjoyable, and people want to watch it.
2: Well, you can't tell me you like or you don't like cinema here and then tell me that you love the main event angle, on, or not the main event, but the world title angle on Dynamite right now because that is absolutely a comedy film.
3: Yes, it's a buddy comedy type it's thing.
2: It's a buddy comedy thing. So, like, uh, I mean, you know, it's all cinema in it.
3: Did did you want to go on to something else on Money in the Bank? Because I have stuff, if you don't.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, go on to something else on Money in the Bank.
3: I loved, and I thought they all over-delivered, the women's Money in the Bank match. I, I did. It wasn't the best match they've ever had. No. But nobody was a weak link in that match at all. And and the ones you'd think might be a little bit lost or scared, they, they, they weren't. I thought Selena Vega doing the basically the code red onto a ladder she is not, she is a slight woman. Let, let me put it to you that way. She's tiny, if you ever see her in real life. And she's taking that kind of a bump. Zoe Stark was, <laughs> basically, it, it was almost like they came back to her and go, Zoe, you're the youngest one in this match.
2: Yeah, I do crazy stuff.
3: So you're going to get the crap kicked out of you. And you'll have plenty of time in your career to heal from all this stuff. Her and Trish and Trish was the old elder stateswoman of this match, and she's she's taking some bumps on these ladders, like that one on the outside where Becky puts her on there. And then yeah, she was doing great. And I thought I thought the ending was kind of genius. Um, we, we bring out Chekhov's handcuffs and we try and uh, we try and ha- and they try and handcuff Becky out to the post, but she's stuck wearing those handcuffs, and in the end. Bailey is fighting EO to get up the ladder. Becky's out here trying to stop Bailey. EO takes the handcuffs, cuffs the hand from Becky to Bailey through the ladder, basically tells Bailey, help me up, climbs over Bailey and gets the suitcase. I thought it was genius. I thought it was really, really good. And then the men's money in the bank was insane. It was absolutely nuts. Logan Paul almost killed himself in that match with that uh, Spanish fly through the tables. Uh, Ricochet doing the thing where he jumps through the ladder is is never not impressive. Everybody got their chance to shine in this match. Uh, it looked like they went with the original plan of Damian Priest, which that was the original plan going in, and then LA Knight all of a sudden caught fire, and then Logan Paul was added to the match. But it was always... Or at least it was at least first when this was planned. This is going to be Damian Priest's reward for putting over Bad Bunny in a hot Puerto Rico show, and I think they eventually want to break him off and they see stardom in him as a solo act babyface apart from the Judgment Day. Did you get to see the men's Money in the Bank at all? I did, I yeah. did.
2: Um, and I look uh, in in the finish. La Knight was well taken care of. I mean, Braun Breaker mentions La Knight on NXT this week. Uh, I mean.
3: Oh, I'm I mean, gonna give you a. I'll give you a statistic that'll blow your mind.
2: Sure, hit me.
3: L.A. Knight is number four in merchandise sales in WWE, behind Stone Cold, Cody, and I believe Judgment Day. I, I think slash Dominic Mysterio. I think Dominic's number one right now. Don't quote me on that though. But and L.A. Knight is number four.
4: Turned
2: him yet? Yeah. Like I mean, when they finally like really turn him, uh provided they do that right, uh he he's gonna be white hot. Um,
4: yeah.
3: people like people who can words. talk. I mean the, the pop yeah. that the pop that he got in London blew me away because he's even surpassing my expectations, and i I get I get the criticisms. I think the criticisms are valid, but it's also one of those things, hey, you know, people like the rock and stone cold. So even if he's doing a cover band version,
2: People like people like them. They'll they'll gravitate towards him. I think he's none of these taglines are that profound, right? Is no. Adam's old baby like some like really deep thing?
3: No, exactly. Baby.
2: Yeah, right. Like I mean, that's basically just a Jericho. Like, come on, baby. Like, is like the thing that he used to say when he was on the ramp in WCW.
3: You just have to sound like you're a bit of a jerk, and you'll get over. If you sound confident, and 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 you know you're you're you, you don't toe the the status quo, and you, you know, you just kind of feel a little bit rebellious. You're gonna get over in WWE because it just feels so. Everything else feels so static and expositiony. And if it feels like you're actually out there free balling a bit, you're gonna get over, and it's been proven time and time again. So, I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, the one down thing on this money in the bank, that Shayna Baszler turn was the dumbest thing. I think I've seen in a while on WWE television. Uh, It makes sense outside of, of wrestling because uh, Ronda Rousey, it was reported this week and I forgot this in the news. My apology. Uh, She wants to end uh, her tenure in WWE. Rumors are she might want to have another kid or she might want to go back to UFC. Don't know which, but that she wants to work with Shayna before she, uh, Leaves wrestling, quote unquote, for good.
4: Hmm.
2: Professional uh, wrestling is going to miss her for her many contributions, <laughs> and I think when Dave Meltzer does a retrospective on Ronda Rousey, he will have nothing but superlatives to say. Ha- no, no, sir, no, sir. Do not interrupt me as I'm putting over one of the all-time women's talents. Well,
3: you're you're being snarky, but Dave on I Wrestling am- Observer Radio put over Ronda as being the one responsible for, like Becky being able to headline because of all her work in ufc oh. you want to listen to, to wait, wait. observer no, Radio i, I actually
2: that? i i actually don't want to listen to it after that <laughs> I, I, like like here's the thing about jeff i like to think the best about people i really do in my heart i'm an optimist and things like this make me sad
3: well i i also think uh it, it's funny because i think i think ronda is such a natural heel and i think people would love to cheer Shayna. And it's it's such miscasting
2: where it's like, oh,
3: oh, Rhonda, we're going to miss you and your terrible promo skills.
2: Oh, and your Oh, no, no, no. When RBS she leaves, they will be clapping, RBF. thank you, Rhonda. Thank you, Rhonda. <laughs> it will stop the show. I mean, honestly, I bet you it will ripple into the next match. Uh,
3: you know who else had a really good night at Money in the Bank that, that doesn't get a lot of praise of late? It's Finn good Balor. Term,
2: oh, Finn Balor, yes. Finn uh, Balor yeah.
3: had a hell of a match against Seth Rollins, I thought.
2: And I thought the Gunter and Maduro was a real fun match too. No,
3: oh, yeah, no, no. The whole night was a lot of fun, and it, it, it was an easy watch for me. I mean, sometimes look, sometimes it's, it's gonna be a bit of a chore, uh, but uh, yeah, no. Um, I have nothing else about money in the bank, so we are back to the lazy river. Get your inner tube, Chris. What do you want to talk about?
2: Um, I guess let's go into collision. But uh, where would you like to be in with collision?
3: All right. I posted this as I was watching Collision, but I really enjoy Collision. It is my favorite wrestling show during the week. It really is. I I think it combines the best aspects of Saturday night's main event, where you have like those pre show promos basically running down everything. You know, it tells you on the opening credits who's going to be on the show and gives highlights of that. And it, it's also the best of like the six oh five because it feels like it's it's a less indie version of wrestling. It's a little more kick punch, suplex, do a move, uh wear a guy down, and then afterwards a promo. But here's here's a theory I put out there, and I don't know if I'm correct on it. I'm probably wrong on it. I'm wrong on a lot of things, as everybody will tell me. Hmm. Yes, especially you.
2: Yeah. Nobody cares what I think, though.
3: Oh, uh, that's true too.
2: I know you say uh, on the
3: disc day. on the Discord they do. That's
2: no, they, they do. Love. There are other people who like me, but not you. Yeah, not me.
1: you have no I idea apologize. how high
2: no you have no idea how high oh
3: come here give me a big kiss mm, no. I miss you so
2: much oh I miss you
3: <laughs> but for me it feels like the angles and even the bad stuff on, on Collision it feels like to the people within this world that they're creating on the television that the things matter to them The moves matter to them. They they sell more. The angles matter to them. People get angry over losses. Wins matter to them. Titles matter to them. Andrade's mask matters to him. If he had cut that promo on Dynamite, you'd have the best friends or some other ironically detached wrestler say, say, uh, what's the big deal about your mask? It looks stupid, and you have two more of them anyways. And they move on to the next thing. that That's just my opinion. Look, I, I don't mind Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy is currently my, one of my favorite wrestlers in AEW, and it, but his ironic detachment gimmick is great, and then the bell rings, and he's a great wrestler, and it gets through there. I'm talking the other guys who are doing ironic forms of super indie wrestling, and they don't cut promos, And there was an article this week where it says it looks like I think Conan said this. I think Conan said that it looks like the Young Bucks have kind of mentally checked out at times in their thing. And I I don't necessarily disagree, but moving over to Collision, it just feels like people take the, the, the showmanship slash wrestling, creating a world type of thing a little bit more seriously over there. Am I off base or is there a better way to put this, Chris?
2: So I think there is a different ratio of promos to matches. I'm with Mm -hmm. you. The matches are much more kind of like punchy, kicky, like, which I I think is almost, it's a byproduct of a throwback to like the Saturday night thing. But I also think it's like, uh, I mean, I think for some people who are working doing double duty or whatever, it's a night off, and so the general rate it's going to be a little bit like you know a little bit less demanding on that front. And I don't think that it makes for bad matches. Um, uh, in fact, like uh, I-, I thought that like Ethan Page coming out there against MJF, that was a fun that was a fun little interaction for what it was.
3: Joe and Roddy was awesome. I thought.
2: Yeah, Joe and Roddy was great. Punk is good on commentary. Uh-huh. I, what I think is interesting is this whole punk, you know, still has the title, still talking like he is essentially the undefeated champion here. Mm. And uh, especially then when you go and watch Dynamite, I'm like, wait, is he? Is that really what's going on? Is is that
4: happening right now?
2: Um, uh, Because he, you know, in a weird way, does sort of have like more carriage, like he's running a real faction. You know, you had him in the back with FTR and him with, with Starks and, you know, he had the bag there. I don't know. That, that felt very main eventy. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I I liked a lot of what the show was. Um, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the promos mostly. Um, you know, the bullet club gold still not like, you know, amazing to me, but like the gun club, those guys have gotten like better and better week over week. Like they, they just feel more and more legit as time goes on. Um,
3: I didn't like Juice Robinson at first. I thought it was a little bit too wacky over the top. But he's an amazing goon. You know what I'm saying? He's an yeah. amazing, he's an amazing second to Jay White. I'm I'm still not sold on Jay White per se as as a great leader of a faction.
2: His swagger rings hollow.
3: A little bit. I I agree with that.
2: Yeah, I just watching him it's like he's trying to be this Johnny cool guy that he's not quite and it feels forced.
3: Yeah, there's a little mustache twirling in there. Um but you know, I I'll, I'll give it time. It's your turn sir.
2: Um okay. Well, if that's uh if that's collision, then I guess we can move over to NXT where the raw underground match between Eddie Thorpe Ooh. and David Kemp absolutely slapped that was hose, hose
3: a, me it was hose worthy
2: entered eddie thorpe uh very pleasant surprise not necessarily someone i was expecting big things out of initially you know based on the look or whatever and but i love damon kemp and uh, i just thought they had a fantastic match Kemp, for his part looked like a million dollars did a bunch of really great moves uh, that german suplex from the ring to the outside was so awesome um I mean, the only real note that I had about the match uh, is that Thorpe actually settled in on the wrong arm. Um, Kemp's selling the left shoulder, and Thorpe does the triangle on the right. But minus that, um, I, thought this is a, I thought this was like an amazing match. It was really good. Thorpe Way has
3: legit grappling skills from his time in the New Japan, strong territory as Carl Fredericks. Um, Damon Kemp is awesome. I I love Damon Kemp. And unfortunately, he lives in a world where everybody wants his brother to be the big star, no matter what. His brother's a bigger name. I get this. That's why they named him Damon Kemp. But that being said, this is the best that Gable Stevenson has ever looked on any WWE program. And it got me excited to see what he could do as a professional wrestler when the rumor is he's going back to college for his last year of eligibility and to try and make the next Olympic team. So who knows how long he's going to be doing this pro thing necessarily. But I love Damon Kemp. I wish they had as much that, faith in Damon Kemp. I know as they they're riding
2: him. the wrong horse because yes. this guy is an absolute star on the mic. He has, He has like Kevin owens level of like confidence on the mic like he's just very very smooth and natural yeah and
3: natural is a great term for it it's like he's not intimidated by the cameras at all Nope, his personality comes through even when the light is on on the camera you see a lot of people who are like very charismatic and then once the lights come on it's like i am a robot i talk uh, the brad Armstrong, or, 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 or
2: you watch like ivy nile who uh... yes uh, whatever that was this week. Uh, no. And like Damon Kemp is such, and he's doing this with scripted dialogue from WWE, which is like heavily scripted. So, I'm I mean, imagining him just being able to flow, uh, I, I just think he's, he's got a very, very high ceiling. Um, and it, if WWE doesn't see it, uh, Tony Khan ought to take a look for sure.
3: I am going to make one other comment about NXT. Chris, during the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln suspended writs of habeas corpus for prisoners of war and opposition to the government. Tony D has been in prison for four weeks now, and nobody's told him what crime he's committed.
2: Well, I mean... (laughs) He's in a jurisdiction where you could also get the charges dropped if you win a match. Um, but, but apparently,
3: there's rats and there's people who are narking on him, and he's being held, and nobody has told him what his crime is.
2: Yeah, he shouldn't he have access to an attorney within a yes, certain that's time? True. Yeah, where, yeah.
3: Where, where, where is the NXT attorney? We've had plenty of them in the past. We, <laughs> we had Tommaso Ciampa as an attorney at one point in WWE. Where, Wrestling loves its lawyers. Where the hell is this one, or a certified public defendant to help Mister Mister Rich Gangster at least post bail? That's, has he had a bail hearing?
2: I know, and like you know, what Stacks doing here? He's like he's like not thinking about trying to get get Tony bailed out. He's just like I'm going to make a weird deal with the Coffee Brothers. <laughs> I uh I howled when I skipped to that scene and it you know it started off with Lorenzo just mid-scene going like if I win the match then the charges get dropped. What charges?
3: Like... <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Uh although although still not the dumbest criminal in NXT, that would belong to Gigi Dolan who vandalizes an office and leaves a note. <laughs> As... <laughs>
2: Well, she's a baby face, but she's still a punk.
3: She's a baby face, but she's still a punk. But she got paint poured on her. She goes and she trashes a porn businesswoman, Kiana James's office. Tell it's her, as if Keanu James would be sitting there going, "Now, who, who in their right mind would want to come to my office and throw paint?" you know, I have painted. So many people this month. <laughs> I have just been on a nonstop Bob Ross ass kicking festival.
2: I mean, and then, okay. So the other thing was Blair Javenport and Roxanne had a, uh, Roxanne Perez had a match uh, on NXT. And I thought that that was a, what is the opposite of a banger, a clunker? clunker. Um yeah, bowling
3: a shoe ugly. If you yeah, no curl that curl.
2: that that was a clunker. Um, I and it was not one or the other. It it both just kind of looked rough. Um, that, during the course of that match, um, but I don't know, just just worth noting or just something, just an observation.
3: I always bring this up, and I hate to do it, but remember Blair Davenport took out both Riho and Br- Britt Baker at one time or another when she was in AEW. Make I'm, much what more, you
2: will. I'm much more willing to believe that Blair Davenport was the uh, problem uh, yes. in that match.
3: Although, <laughs> I didn't think, I, I just, Ruby Riot and Britt Baker do not have in-ring chemistry. And they're both good performers. But that wasn't a great, I mean, the women had a rough week this week for the most part, other than Money in the Bank. Because we, we had that gauntlet match where the one highlight of that katana chance doing this uh, the standing her karana off off the top turnbuckle was maze balls and chelsea green is of course willing to do just about anything for anybody that was great but the rest of that match stunk um you know we we had you know the women's matches on nxt weren't very good uh you, uh, you know, I tell you that Rhea Nat, Natty was was better than it had any right to be. So so I'll take back my statement that they overall had a rough week because cause Rhea and Natty, Nat, Natty put on her working boots against Rhea Ripley on Raw. So that, that was pretty good. But the rest of the week on both companies, it was some rough sledding go, going through there. And it, it's just one of those things where I don't know if it's just generally they're trying to do too much. And it would just be better to keep it simple. They're trying to do way too many choreographed moves, etc. I don't know what it was. But there was just a lack of chemistry across the board with a lot of people this week. Um, yeah. Your
2: turn. Um, I'm seeing. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Dynamite. Yes. MJF. Oh, Adam Cole. Bay Bay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it this is not good, It is is my starting line here. Um this is not helping Adam Cole. I think the one decent piece of writing here is that Roddy's been hospitalized and stretchered out by Joe, so now it gives makes a really good explanation for where's Roddy and all of this. Um I thought that piece of uh that piece of business was really smart. But what what was left here is an Adam Cole who is not particularly likable, and nor is an and a hammy MJF, who comes off as so schmarmy and so disingenuous, um, that it almost makes him seem stupid. Like there, it, there's, uh, I mean, the one time you saw like a bit of villainry or whatever is where he was going to like, um, put the pie in in someone's face or whatever, or the the cake, the cake. Yeah. yeah, the cake, but. Uh, outside of that, uh, I I just find him schmarmy. I don't find Cole's performance to be compelling or interesting. And like the match was perfectly competently executed as a comedy match sort of thing. Come on, do the abdominal stretch with me, buddy, that sort of thing. But is this a main event angle? Is this something that's getting me more intrigued to see an MJF and Adam Cole serious title match? Um, no. Like, the build here to the eventual Adam Cole MJF match is once again not really heating up the angle so much as it is filling the space.
3: They're taking the wrong notes from Stanford and the bloodline angle, in my opinion, uh, I'll I'll expound a bit on this. Uh, overall, I am not a fan of my main event angles mixing with my comedy. I think co- there can be comedy within there if it's naturally funny, et cetera. But I think how do I put there? There are notable exceptions, like uh, the one that I always bring up: Ric Flair uh, winning the night with Precious. Uh, gets to the hotel room, gets knocked out by Ronnie Garvin and Drek. But that's an angle around sex. Still a comedy angle, but still kind of adult in nature. Um, people will point to Sami Zayn in the Bloodline as as well. That's a comedy thing, you know. The, that uh, you you praised all that, Jeff. I go, yes, I did. But the point of that was the comedy guy was eventually going to be destroyed by the main event guy. And the main event guy never lost that feeling of doom, so to speak, when everybody was laughing. It's almost like the how am I funny scene in Goodfellas type of thing. You always know Joe Pesci is going to be a threat. And that's what makes the funny part even more dangerous. What they're doing here. Look, I love me a good Memphis slash Mid-South cake angle. I do. I love stupid celebrations and stuff like that. I just don't want my main event champion being involved with him. I want the it's Midnight no Express.
2: No, you sort of nailed it, right? Like, even in the win over Ethan Page, he won by getting an early advantage on the chop block and just sort of like, you know, finishing it out academically from there. It wasn't um I mean, it didn't come off as menacing per se. Uh, it didn't necessarily, you know, get, you, you know he took a, not even a shortcut, but you know what I mean? Like what he did didn't make you go. It, it's something that you kind of feel like anyone could do. Um, he needs to have these moments of uh, real viciousness and, and I, I don't see it.
3: Well, I think it's going to take a turn in tone because I believe the next round of this tag team tournament, they're going to be facing this, Makeshift team of Brian Cage and Big Bill. And if you recall, both Big Bill and Brian Cage have been hired by MJF at one point to destroy opponents for Mjf. Uh, Brian Cage, with the um oh, he was paid off by mjf to to oh to break daniel to break Brian Danielson's arm or whatever. And then Big Bill, of course, was part of the, you know the the Jericho uh Tests and also I believe uh you know the the, the firm and stuff. So I think I think they're going to do that whole Sting Ric Flair versus Arn and Brian Pillman thing where we we tag Adam Cole and then all three of them just beat the crap out of them. I th- I think that's coming. I don't know if it'll be vicious enough for anybody to go oh my god or whatever or be angry at it and it's going to be treated as kind of comedy. And, you know, Tony Schiavone being a little bit, you know, oh my God, this is just, you know, but then, you know, Taz will make a crack to undercut the seriousness of it or something. But I have been so wrong on this MJF title run that I do think, to your point, I think CM Punk feels like the champion of AEW at times.
2: I I know, and I have... I there are questions that I have about CM Punk and this whole "I'm the real champion" stuff. Uh, it's
3: undercutting MJF at the same time, right?
2: And whose idea it is, and like who's greenlighting it, and who? Yeah, I, I I'm I'm fascinated by the whole thing, honestly.
3: Yeah, it feels it, like... it
2: definitely undercuts MJF, but yeah, it feels like it MJF's doing it. a fine job of that himself yes, too.
3: Yes, he doesn't need any help in doing that because you know, and I I I, I think. That the other idea in the back of their head is to prove that Adam Cole is such a great heel that he doesn't get stup- stupid, stupid babyface syndrome. You know, he sees through all of MJF's tricks, et cetera, et cetera, and he and he can't really—he's not really a full-on babyface because he's been a heel for so long, and he's such a great heel. I, I think it's an idea that's a little bit too clever for its own good. I, I just it's it's one of the you know, oh, they both hate Shivani, womp, womp. I get it. You know, it would be funny if mjf weren't the champ. if mjf were still, you know, on the on the rise, et cetera. if this is if this were him during the Jericho crappy musical feud, let's put it that way. Uh, th- I, I'd be I, I think I'd be a little bit warmer to it, but I'm not warm to this because I'm just like, is MJF a guy who can carry your company? And my answer is getting to be no.
2: Yeah. Um, I think the matches are good. I But here's what has been really fascinating to me, that the matches have sort of met my expectations or been above them. And the character work and the promo work and the story work has been so much below it for a, guy who, for a guy who likes to be Mr. Theater. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this guy likes musical numbers in his title, Ryan, and yet the story isn't very good.
3: It's <laughs> it's the difference between great theater and community theater, which is interesting. You no, know, you, you bring up a good point. For a guy who likes theater, this is bad theater. This is off-off-off Broadway uh, theater. Although you can find some good shows on off 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 Broadway, to be honest.
2: Oh, I, no, no, yeah, right. That's that's sort of like not even fair to off off. off I,
3: I I I don't want to mean mean to denigrate such things because you know, hey, I've been a, I've been a star of stage before. So yeah, it's you know, although improv is, like the bastard child of stage, I've done a play, I, I've done a play. They're fun, at times. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll put over Keith Lee this week on Dynamite. I. I adored this more than my partner on the dynamite show. This is the best Keith Lee I've seen in AEW. This is the Keith Lee I wanted and it was so much fun watching him destroy both Darby Allen and orange Cassidy. Uh, just chopping a guy to, to bits was a hell of a lot of fun. I also liked this little piece. Cause this is something I've been talking about in these randomizer tournaments that aren't random, that put enemies together. Keith Lee playing the character of, hey, I'm in this situation. I'm going to put aside our grudge so I can get a shot at tag team gold because I don't have that right now, and this is an opportunity, and being a professional about it, I thought it was spectacular stuff. He never went heel. He stayed babyface. He didn't, uh, you know, I know everybody, <laughs> the running they are never going to pay off this feud with Swerve. But, man, uh, and Keith Lee dyeing his hair back black and cutting off the Santa beard makes him look 30 years younger. And he, and he looks in great shape now. I, I absolutely adored Keith Lee on, on Wednesday night.
2: Yes, I I will definitely say that I'm glad he no longer looks like the Beast from X-Men. <laughs> um I, I'm glad that he has uh he has gone back to the the other look. uh it definitely suits him better and uh, holds him in better stead.
3: Uh, I'm going to denigrate people's favorite right now, and um i I apologize in advance. I only merely liked the Kenny Omega Wheeler Yuda match, and I liked it mostly for Yuta. I disagree heavily. With Dave Meltzer on Kenny Omega selling during this match, it actually to me looked like he was just going through the motions. I I don't know what's wrong. I don't know if there is something wrong. Uh, you know, he'd occasionally grab his neck, and then he you know he he fell when he was trying to do that. You can't. Uh, I forgot the name of the move what he calls it when he does the. Uh, he basically kind of you know plants the guy, jumps on the turnbuckle, does a moonsault thing. Um. For me, I wanted more... Sen- this is a blood feud between the BCC and the Elite. And Kenny is just out there doing a match. And it's a good match. And it's, and it's well done. And Yuda's looking great too. But Yuda is putting some sauce on his moves. You know, being the prick type of thing. And Kenny just looks like... Oh, this is really not my feud. I shouldn't be involved with it. But they've never mentioned that in any of the character work they've done. I, it was the character work of Kenny that was driving me nuts this week. And I, I think, I think for all the elite, they're kind of lacking in this at times because, again, it feels like these feuds really don't matter to them. That they're just they're going to get a couple of snarky quips in there and then they're going to have great matches and everybody's going to love it and i just it's one of those things where i was left wanting your mileage may vary i know kenny omega is a lot of people's favorite and i get that and i get that and i'm not as much on board i'm not trying to purposely be a jerk about it i'm just trying to be critical but i don't give enough praise to kenny omega either and i realize that
2: yeah, I, I don't have anything to add on that he, one. He was
3: hit with a screwdriver, Chris. I mean, why is he back wrestling? <laughs> but that's, that's the other thing. It's like these, these selling jobs of injuries are nothing these days. Uh, do you have anything else?
2: Uh, the Don Callis-Chris Jericho angle was very long and did not leave me intrigued in the slightest at the end.
3: Oh, but but I'm hoping. I'm hoping it leads to Jack Perry ousting Jericho as the head. Of the right.
2: I, I mean, that's, that, that that's kind of what I think it, it is going to set up. He's, he's going to realize that at the end of this, he doesn't need a faction. And that's when like the Jericho appreciation society no longer appreciates. Well, I,
3: I think he's going to be the Larry Zbisco of the 1992 dangerous Alliance uh, for the, I think he's going to get added to blood and guts. And I think he's going to be part of this callous team with the BCC and I think he's going to lose the match. And then I think the BCC is going to destroy him. The JAS is going to turn on him. And then he's going to go off and do play rock star during the summer for the European tour and come back with a fresh new character based on a movie guy. Cause that's what he likes to do. This is the Jericho way. Um, I'm kind of here for it also at the same time. I, I hope he's the losing character in this blunt guts match in two weeks. Because I think I think he's still going to be awesome in the match. But it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I am not into strange jumping back and forth between heel and babyface Chris Jericho at times. I think his heel shtick is pretty good. But I still think he wants the adulation of being a legend. So it, it's always kind of weird to me. You know, and... It, it... <laughs> Jer- Jericho's next match is against Commander. And that is so on. Again, we've said Jericho likes pairing himself with the hot young thing to try it, you know, and, and you know, and your mileage may vary as to how well he puts over the guys he goes up against. But it's just one of those things where it's like, I could use Chris Jericho off my screen for a while. I think that's the point. Of, I'm, I'm trying to get here in the long roundabout way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: You are exhausted. Let's end it. I I,
2: I have to, I have to go rafting in the morning. Yeah, no. Okay. No.
3: Oh, someone's an outdoorsman. Look at me. I I have a girlfriend and I'm going rafting. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, uh, you know, follow me at crap game 13. There's a lot of free audio of me this week. Uh, I'm on fight game media, patreon.com slash fight game media, but our show wasn't behind the paywall this week. We're giving out, uh, during the month of July, various free shows, we were picked to be first. So Paul Fontaine and I are on the free feed of Fight Game Media this week with the Dynamite Show. Give it a gander if you like it. Subscribe. If you don't, keep it to yourself. <laughs> I'll also be taping music of the mat with uh, Andrew Rich, our friend and pal over there, talking again this this Terry Funk album from like 1979 that is not all funk of which I am very disappointed. So look for that on the Voices of Wrestling Master Feed or the Music of Matt Feed, whatever. I'm on, again, I'm on Twitter at Crap Game 13 being snarky. Chris is doing music on Instagram, not yet on Mastodon, Blue Sky, or Threads. Hopefully yeah. he does not go Played there. Play
2: your bets now, people, as to when I'm getting on there.
0: Well, you have
3: a Threads account if you have an Instagram account. Ooh.
2: Oh, what is, uh, whatever, whatever that
4: it's
3: is. Basi- it's basically bad Reddit for, but they're trying to keep the, uh, uh it's basically Mark Zuckerberg saying, hey, let's have a happy community and social online and everybody gets along together. And he doesn't understand if people want to fight on social media. So if you want to fight Chris, D O C T O R underscore N O V, tell us more about your guitar lessons.
2: Yes, uh, if you are interested in the Jimi Hendrix course, you can uh, the all all eight hours of it is available um, for purchase uh, now that the whole thing is done um, for the uh, rate of seventy five dollars. If you want personal lessons, you can hit me up on uh, on Instagram, and uh, I do uh, lessons and uh, private lessons for guitar, bass, uh, drums, all that sort of thing. So. If you are interested in music lessons, uh, and I know a couple of people have reached out to me, um, and I actually need to get back to somebody about this, or like we were going back and forth, and I haven't nailed down things. Um, please do. I would like to uh I would like to teach you music.
3: Chris, give us a smooth jazz outro.
2: Cool 94.5 <laughs> KYOT the coyote.
0: Ow.
4: hello everyone my name is taylor and i'm kelly and we are the co-hosts of jumping bomb audio the number one show all about the world of joshi pro wrestling
3: episodes drop every other monday where we discuss the biggest joshi news review shows and preview the hottest upcoming joshi action
0: so whether you're a new fan or an old fan we've got something here for you at jumping bomb
4: audio Check us out on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.